This is The Guardian. Today, why are dead bodies turning up in one of America's biggest lakes? Lake Mead is the largest reservoir in the United States. It's an all-important water source for millions of Americans. It's also a popular leisure spot where people go out and enjoy a day on the water. But in May, strange things started happening at the lake. It's a regular Sunday afternoon at the lake. People are out escaping the heat on their boats and swimming. A couple was docking their boat when they heard a scream from a woman on the beach. It's a corroded metal barrel kind of stuck in the mud near this very popular boat ramp. And they go to get a closer look. And inside, they can make out clothing, a shirt, and a belt. And then they realize that they're actually looking at human remains. The discovery of the body was a shock, but that was just the beginning. A week later, another dead body surfaced in Lake Mead. Then another, and the discoveries didn't stop. More skeletal remains have been found in Lake Mead, Nevada. It's the fifth set of remains found so far this year as water levels drop. Years of drought has meant that water levels at Lake Mead have dropped to a record low, uncovering secrets that have been buried for decades. We are taking a closer look at the climate crisis and the dangerous drought at Lake Mead. Nevada officials are literally seeing climate change happen on their watch. While authorities are trying to work out who these people are and what may have caused their deaths, officials have warned there are hundreds of bodies waiting to be found. I think giving closure to families who've lost loved ones on the lake and solving old mob murders, these are impacts of climate change I never saw coming. From The Guardian, I'm Noshin Iqbal. Today in Focus, what do the bodies found at Lake Mead Tell us about the climate emergency. Danny Anguiano, you're The Guardian's West Coast reporter, and you've been working on a story that's taken you to Lake Mead. First of all, what is it and where is it? Lake Mead is America's largest reservoir. It's about 24 miles from Las Vegas, and it's close to uh, Nevada and Arizona. It essentially was created with the construction of the Hoover Dam. This is the story of Hoover Dam, one of America's seven modern civil engineering wonders. For many centuries, this was a lonely canyon, unseen and untouched by man. Now it lies peaceful and silent, except for the gentle hum of a hydroelectric power plant. This was a crucial step to developing the dry and largely inhospitable American Southwest. It was intended to be a water source for, for communities. 
and provide irrigation for agriculture. But to build this massive reservoir, essentially, workers built these massive, massive tunnels through the walls of a canyon there so that they could divert the flow of the Colorado River to the Hoover Dam construction site. And once that dam was built, they closed the tunnels and filled the water into what is now Lake Mead. And it's it's a massive lake. When it's full, it has more than 750 miles of shoreline. It gets up to 530 feet deep. It's really crucial to the West water system, but it's also a popular recreation spot. So people head there to swim, they bring out their boats, and it's known as one of the best scuba diving spots in the US. And from my understanding, it's completely surrounded by desert. It is. It's this gigantic blue island in the middle of the desert. But the lake is now receding. What is happening? So normally when Lake Mead is full, as I mentioned, it has hundreds of miles of shoreline, but gradually that's been wearing away over time. And today it looks quite different than it did even just a few decades ago. And what's happening there is evident both in the bathtub ring that surrounds the lake and shows where its water levels once were and should be, and also within the lake itself. Um, When Lake Mead was created, it submerged, for instance, St. Thomas, which was a Mormon settlement founded in 1865. And Lake Mead flooded that settlement, and it was covered for decades. But Um, Over the last few years, as drought has worn down the lake, that settlement has become visible. And now visitors can go there and see what it looks like. And so what does that mean for Lake Mead? Unfortunately, the forecast for Lake Mead is quite grim. The water system that it's a part of has endured a drought for about two decades. And water levels are expected to continue to fall. It's, It's drought exacerbated by the climate crisis and overuse of this water system that is draining the lake to levels not seen essentially since it was first filled. Gabrielle Cannon, you're the extreme weather correspondent for Guardian US. Can you explain why Lake Mead is so important and why it's so worrying that the water levels are dropping? So Lake Mead is just one part of the Colorado River Basin. It provides water to 25 million people, to um, to this really important agricultural industry, um, but it also generates hydroelectricity. And so what we know right now is that at just 27% full, levels are dropping. And if the situation continues to get worse, um, there are not only you know, several regions across across the West, several states um, and communities who will be impacted. But I mean, this is something that will resonate across the globe. Well, we know that the West Coast of the US has always been prone to these bouts of extreme weather. But how is what's happening at Lake Mead connected to the climate crisis? 
So the West is no stranger to drought, um, as you said, to heat, extreme weather. But what we're seeing now is an intensification of those issues. And so we know that drought is inextricably linked to heat. I mean, we all know this just from ourselves, right? In a very hot day, you might need a little bit more water, you want to hydrate. It's the same thing for landscapes, for ecosystems. Um, and at the same time, heat is also taking moisture and taking water out of those systems. So that's one part of this. Um, and the other really essential part of this is the snowpack. We have these, you know, wet periods during these winter months, and we get this nice snow that that sits on these mountaintops and then during the drier hotter times trickles down through these streams and rivers and into our reservoirs well when we have less snow that means we don't have that savings account to rely on to fall back on one of the things that stuck in my mind in my research on lake mead was the fact that it could soon reach deadpool status which is a dangerous place to be Gabrielle, could you explain exactly what Deadpool is and what impact it could have? Lake Mead is just one part of this Colorado River basin and it flows down to Mexico. And the key word there is flow. So as these water levels drop, officials are exceedingly nervous that there won't be enough water for that flow to continue. And so that's what they mean by Deadpool. And so that level will be hit at 895 feet. And so we've just got about 149 feet until this catastrophe would occur. Danny, we've just heard from Gabrielle Cannon on how the climate crisis, drought and overuse of water at Lake Mead has led to its water levels dropping dramatically. But your reporting has focused on the strange consequence of this, namely the grim discoveries now surfacing. Let's start with the first dead body that was found, which is such a horrible discovery to make. What happened after the couple found it? Once officials come out, it becomes very clear that this was not a normal death, both by the fact that this is a body found inside a barrel inside the lake, but it's also become clear that these remains belong to someone who was shot. Well, and John, this morning, the autopsy revealed that this was a homicide. Now the next steps, this will go to a DNA lab to try to see what they can extract to start putting the pieces of this puzzle together. Gradually, what they determine is this is a man who was shot maybe in the mid-70s to early 1980s. And they figured this out because the water had kind of preserved what he was wearing. One important thing to point out about this is when this barrel was dropped, you know, back in the 70s or 80s, the water was a lot higher. So this would have been a barrel dropped maybe up to 100 feet in the water before it was uncovered just this year. Danny, given Las Vegas's own history with gangsters and organized crime, is it fair to speculate that there may have been a mob connection to this body? Well, that certainly came up immediately. Given the kind of unusual circumstances, there was talk of a possible mob hit from the get-go. The mob played a really important role in developing Las Vegas. You know, major casinos in the area were built with mob money. And so because of that and the history of the mob and, and the violence associated with that, people started looking at that right away. And folks with the local mob museum, because naturally Las Vegas has a mob museum, 
they described the killing as having all the makings of a gangland hit. This was a methodology to dispose of a body. Jeff Schumacher, vice president of the Mob Museum in Las Vegas, immediately took notice. So that's, that's not just Hollywood folklore. That actually happened. It's definitely not just Hollywood. And we found dozens and dozens of cases where uh, bodies were stuffed into barrels and disposed of in various ways all over the country, actually all over the world. But police have cautioned we, we don't know that quite yet. This wasn't just a bizarre one-off, was it? A week later, a second body was found. Right, so a week on from the discovery of that barrel, more remains are found. A second set of human remains were found at Lake Mead yesterday. This comes less than a week after a man's body was found in a barrel on the lake shore. Two sisters are out paddleboarding on the north side of the lake when they come across what they think are the bones of maybe a bighorn sheep. At first, I thought it was a bighorn sheep, and we kind of started digging around a little bit. Um, as we discovered the jaw, we realized it was human remains, and that's when we contacted park rangers to come and investigate. And it didn't stop there, did it? There were more grisly finds. That's right. So the summer goes on, and the discoveries don't stop. Right now, we're talking about five, at least five separate discoveries. Authorities are investigating whether some of the remains from the beach might be connected to just one person, but we're looking at five distinct discoveries. Danny, this is such a bizarre story. The idea of being out in the water, swimming or kayaking or scuba diving, just having a time with your friends and family, and then finding a human skull or remains. It is frankly horrifying. Do we know if any of these bodies have yet been identified? So far, one of these bodies have been identified. And that person now has been identified as 42-year-old Thomas Ernst from Las Vegas. Ernst drowned in Lake Mead 20 years ago on August 2nd of 2002. And it was a 42-year-old who was out on the lake one night with his family on a midnight cruise that jumped in the water and actually drowned. And so the coroner in Nevada contacted his son, recently asking for DNA samples, um, and then were finally able to provide this family with closure after several decades. His family said that they were quite shocked. His son, who's also named Tom, said that he found it surreal, but that it also meant that, that his dad was at peace. It's nice to have the closure. It's nice to know that he's at peace. But I don't think I'm ready for my closure yet. And what about the other bodies and remains uncovered in Lake Mead? No, authorities are still investigating. And what we do know is, you know, some of these remains are quite skeletal in nature. And their ability to extract DNA from these remains is somewhat limited. Danny, as you said... Lake Mead is situated in the desert. It spans both Nevada and Arizona and is surrounded by small towns and cities, including Las Vegas, 23 miles to the east. How do people living in those places react to the discoveries in the lake? Well, it was quite shocking, especially to have this, this body found in a barrel and then more remains found. I think it made people feel a little bit nervous and on edge. It like freaks me out. Like, I mean, especially like, I mean, we're walking through the mud. I mean, there's probably one right there. We don't even know, you know, it's... What startles me the most is how recent, like if they're recent bodies or if they've been there for a long time, 
Because if it's more recent, that kind of scares me more, knowing that like maybe there's something we should be looking out for, or like maybe there's something we do to put a stop to these new bodies. So while this discovery of bodies has kind of made some people nervous, for others, it's actually drawn them to the lake. Some people have gone out with metal detectors trying to see what they can find in the now exposed shoreline. In one case, uh, a YouTuber went out looking looking for something on Lake Mead and, and came across a boat exposed by the water. Some people have taken this news um, as an opportunity to see if they can find discoveries of their own inside the lake. And so what else have people been finding? It's been a summer of discoveries at Lake Mead. In the last few months, uh, a sunken boat dating back to the Second World War began to appear from the receding water. Um, This was a, a boat that was believed to have once been used to survey the river there and then sold to the marina. Um, And it's a boat with some interesting history. Models of this boat were deployed at Normandy. There are some other finds as well. There's a a crashed B-29 plane that's been in the water for decades. That hasn't come up yet, but because the waters are receding, light is now reaching the plane for the first time in decades. And do we expect more bodies to be found? Police have warned that as the lake dries out, we can expect more grisly finds. As one professor I spoke with put it, it's it's great that families are getting closure and it's interesting to see what kind of finds are unearthed. But ultimately, the hope is that the water system would be healthy enough that we would never find what's at the bottom of the lake. Coming up. The environmental crisis at Lake Mead is set to devastate the West Coast. So what is the Biden administration doing to tackle it? Gabrielle, we've just been hearing about how the issues facing the Lake Mead water system has led to some obviously unexpected discoveries. Now, if the lake continues to dry up, there are potentially some very serious consequences for the 25 million people or so who rely on it. Where does it leave them? How will they cope? It's an incredibly challenging problem. Um, I think you look at not only the folks who depend on this water, um, but the industries that were built around it. So. One of the strongest agricultural centers of the U.S. occurs in these states, these in California and, and across the Southwest, where the nation's food is being produced, but also exports that are going around the world. So when you look at just the broader picture of what's at stake, it's incredibly worrying. Um, I think we're at a point now where in several of these areas, there are pockets Uh, of people who are already feeling this disaster in terms of their daily use. If they turn on the tap, nothing comes out. And so those are the more horrifying stories. They are also sort of the warning sign of of the bigger picture of, of what we're facing. Gabrielle, as you know, tackling the climate crisis does require joined up big picture thinking. Now, what is President Biden's White House doing to help those on the West Coast, the Colorado Basin and Mexico? 
there have been, you know, a, several federal level policies, but I think one of the biggest ones is this new big climate bill that was recently passed. So this secured $370 billion for climate investments, uh, promised a 40% reduction in emissions from 2005 levels over the next decade. So obviously you've got those kind of bigger picture um, staving off the climate crisis into the future, but it's also packed with provisions that address, like directly address problems being felt across the West now. Among them, $4 billion for water-saving measures and conservation programs for the Colorado River Basin. And all of this sort of pools into this bigger picture plan that kind of speaks to this really difficult balancing act that we're facing. So looking at how to invest in the future to make sure that these issues don't get worse, while also planning for adaptation uh, for what we're already experiencing now. Gabrielle, Lake Mead is just one example of the climate crisis in effect in the US. But is there any hope that the lake itself could be replenished or that the damage could be reversed? I think there's always hope. (laughs) I think that, you know, it's a difficult thing to communicate how dire things are while also leaving space for solutions. There's a lot that can be done um, to sort of shift the, the way that we use water and the way that we even look at this resource going into the future. I think there is still so much space there um, for adaptation and for conservation and for um, collaboration to ensure that the worst effects can be blunted. Gabby, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. That was Gabrielle Cannon and Danny Anguiano. My thanks to them. You can read their reporting on Lake Mead and the West Coast climate emergency and follow the developments on this story at theguardian.com. And that's it for today. This episode was produced by Natalie Khatena, additional research by Yasmin Lewis, sound design is by Axel Kakutier, and the executive producer was Elizabeth Casson. We'll be back tomorrow. This is The Guardian. <laughs>